0: Welcome to our third Exploring Unbound Going Deeper podcast. Although this podcast was started for our Unbound team to continue learning and developing in the Unbound prayer ministry and to further our own spiritual development, it can be for anyone who wants to deepen their prayer and spirituality. My name is Terry Cook and I'm a member of the Unbound Pittsburgh Greensburg prayer team. Father Boniface Hicks is with me today via the internet. Father Boniface is a Benedictine monk from St. Vincent Arch Abbey, the program manager and on air personality on WAOB We Are One Body Radio 106.7, as well as the chaplain and a member of the Pittsburgh Greensburg Unbound Prayer Team. We minister using the Unbound Prayer model as developed by Neil Lozano and as taught in his book called Unbound and in the Unbound Freedom in Christ Conferences. Father Boniface, welcome.
1: Thanks, Terry. Great to be with you and all of our listeners.
0: In our last podcast, we spoke about listening deeply. This skill is so critical to Unbound, really, to life. I would like to explore this topic further. Some practical takeaways from last time. We talked about how our posture matters. Some of the tips may be leaning in, not sitting back, nodding your head, and maybe sometimes reflecting back their facial expressions. Um, This allows the person to actually see that you're interested in what they're saying, as well as sensing what they're feeling. We mentioned uh, keeping good eye contact, but if the leader must write something down or consult his or her papers, that maintaining nonverbal connection by nodding or making some noises of affirmation is helpful. One of the things you said that really struck me was you make some groaning noises. And, and I really love that, because I think it's, it's really kind of nonverbal and precognitive expression of concern. It doesn't require any thinking on the, the person who's telling their story on their part to break their concentration in telling the story. They just instinctively feel your compassion and that you're really listening to them. And sometimes, especially in, in cases of deep trauma, people telling their story are actually reliving the trauma as they tell it. I've experienced this myself, so I have personal uh, experience here. They're in, a, in that moment, kind of in a zone. I don't know if everybody experiences this or just people who have experienced great trauma, but I think it might be related to um, flashbacks and post-traumatic stress disorder in a way, um, during which the person is sort of stuck in that story and sort of can't quit telling their story. I know with me, it was because I was trying to make sense of what happened to me. And, um, you know, I figured that if somebody would say, oh, yeah, that same thing happened to my sister or, you know, something. It's like, what did they do to heal from this? And nobody ever said that. So I just kept telling the story. It was like trying to make sense of it.
1: Hmm. Uh, well, first of all, just uh, making some noises. You know, I, I started doing that, especially when I was starting to do some spiritual direction over the phone. And I found myself on the phone nodding my head and then realized that's not helpful on the phone. <laughs> and I realized I needed to communicate those, the head nodding in some way that would be audible and uh, developed a, a little bit of a, a groaning, mm, yes, and then I continued that also on the radio as I've interviewed people and had conversations. Again, uh, nobody can see my head nodding as I am really agreeing with and resonating with uh, uh, the one I'm speaking to. And so I found that to be helpful for people. They, they know they're being heard, it's being registered, it's, uh, I'm taking it in. And then I guess I would only um, note with, uh, on the other end, it is possible to do too much of that. Uh, sometimes it, if it's uh, too much or too frequent, it can become distracting. And so we have to pay attention to what's really helpful for the person that we're speaking to, who is speaking to us, really. If my groaning little uh, grunts of, of acknowledgement cause them to stop and look at me and see if I'm trying to say something or, you know, communication is has to actually communicate something to be effective. So just to pay attention to that, we always want to moderate our way of listening so that it's authentic to us, but so also that it's helpful for the person that we're speaking to. And then to continue with uh, what you were noting, Terry, that when people start to share their story and it can start to bring up the uh, the trauma, there are ways that that can be helpful that entering back into it is, is placing them in that situation. Of course, what traumatized them originally in the situation is not present because you're present or I'm present, someone who loves them, someone who's listening to them, someone who is also bringing the presence of God to them, and that's a way that they're able to bring a new element to that place, that wound, that place of trauma in their life, and so that can be very helpful. If they start to lose a connection with the, the unbound minister or with whomever they're sharing that story, then uh, that could become more difficult if they really become disconnected because of going into the trauma. And that's where that little bit of uh, you know, a little groaning or a little way to to just be present is is so important. And and maybe even to to stop them if it gets really serious that they're getting locked up in that. To say, hey, hey, look, you know. I'm here. Let's, uh, let's be present. Uh, and, and it can be helpful to just feel the ground under your feet, to feel the, the chair under your arms, just to be present in your body and sometimes to call people out of that, that trauma. In, in some cases, that might turn into some kind of manifestation. And again, in Unbound, we're not looking for manifestations. We're looking to keep the person present, to share their story, to be open to love, to receive that from the, the unbound leader, from the minister. And so being ready to just call the person back to, here, here I am, you know, help the person to be present. Somebody might go into a panic attack or, or something like that. Uh, and we just wanna help them be present, remember that Jesus is here, it's gonna be okay. And, and then we can continue with the, uh, with the ministry
0: yeah you mentioned that sometimes you express very short phrases like that must have been hurtful or that must have hurt would that particular instance take the person like kind of like sometimes a person not to say they're actually reliving it and and like really going into the traumatic experience in a flashback, but if a person is you know sort of on a roll and in a zone. That would kind of require the person to momentarily snap out of that so that they could think of how to answer you to formulate their answer. Oh, yes, that did hurt or something like that. Is there a place and time that that might be helpful?
1: Sure, it may be a a place to engage them more directly and to ask for some more uh, clear feedback from them to, as you said, sort sort of bring them out a little bit of the emotional experience that might start to be overwhelming how would someone search for that mostly we were trying to focus on on just some basic listening skills and how helpful that can be because so much ministry already happens in unbound simply through the listening and so the more that we can help people to kind of keep talking and sharing their story and and they're going to experience some of that and there's some vulnerability uh, with that and so that's going to have some little bit of emotional response that goes with it, and, and just some supportive techniques like uh, identifying, "Wow, well, that must have been hard," and, "Oh, I, I, I really feel for you there." And just to help them know that, that we're listening and uh, to keep sharing the story, we might reiterate. So uh, when, when you experienced that, was there uh, some thoughts that came to you or anyway, well, there are different things that we can kind of ask to, to help people? share and experience their story and know that you're listening to it and and receiving it as well
0: Yeah, I I noticed that when I went to the um, the international conferences Neil had uh, some videotapes of he and Janet ministering to people um, you know to watch them actually you know praying with people (laughs) interviewing uh, was so helpful. It was there's there's such good models, role models to this. It's like I wish we could watch those videos over and over and and study them because you know the dynamics of, of the way they uh, they work with their their people is just so beautiful. And um, yeah, it was just uh, a really good way I think to learn to imitate their you know. Uh, the way they deal with the step, the the different keys, and uh, I think it was really something we could learn from. Is there any other thing that you could think that we could really uh, learn how to listen and how to interact with these people better?
1: Well, there's no substitute for experience, and certainly one of the things that we're doing in Unbound of Pittsburgh and Greensburg is uh, encouraging even those experienced leaders to take time as intercessors as well. That can be very helpful as an intercessor. Uh, you mentioned watching Janet and Neil, and of course they have a, a special gift that uh, God has given them, you know, founding this ministry, but, um, but I, think all, I think we have something to learn from everybody. And as an intercessor, of course, we, we strictly listen. <laughs> And sometimes it's helpful to be in that position that we really have to simply listen. And we can see from that perspective, too, when the unbound leader might be intruding too much or might be saying too much. Or we can see the effect of when they make some of those little supportive statements uh, to encourage the person to keep talking or to say, oh, well, you know, would you say maybe that was a spirit of pride or would that be a lie that you're not good enough or when they just name some of those things, which is uh, such a helpful part of Unbound, uh, we can see what the impact is on the person who's, who's sharing their story, who's receiving the ministry. And so I think being an intercessor also uh, can be a great way to observe some different listening skills if we're paying attention in that way, in that role. Um, and then uh, there's certainly a lot of listening. I don't have uh, sites off the top of my head. I, we, there is a, a CD, a talk that I gave at the Unbound Leaders Conference on listening. There's actually a new um, a YouTube video that was just posted. I gave a talk on listening in Detroit at Sacred Heart Seminary for a general audience. I was invited there by Unbound of Michigan and then talked to a general audience about listening. It's about an hour and a half with uh, the talk and then the question and answer. That's on my website, and you can also look that up on YouTube. Um, um,
0: how, how would someone search for that? Is there a title on it? or?
1: Well, the easiest thing, my website is fatherboniface.org, and then go to the videos tab, and I think it's the top one, uh, and indicates what it is there so uh there's you know, a lot of resources on listening you know the uh, this is obviously something that that pastors do and counselors do and uh friends ought to do and spouses ought to do and parents ought to do so there's really a lot that we can uh grow in in terms of uh, in terms of our listening that it's that it's really compassionate that it's really giving space for the other one to share their story. One of the particular things that we do in Unbound is uh, is actually naming some of the things. So in Unbound, we're always listening according to the model of the five keys. So we're not simply encouraging people to share their story. We're encouraging them to share their story and we're listening in a way that we're listening for the five keys. Where are the significant events Where are the places that maybe somebody got hurt and it might need some forgiveness? Where are some of their reactions that might need some repentance? Where are some of the patterns that have developed in their life with with different lies and spirits that would need some renunciation? So we're listening to some of those things, possibly also going back to um, more original experiences, relationships with parents or somebody who struggles with a particular pattern of sin in their life, whether it's... Maybe eating or anger, uh, sexual sins or um, procrastination or I don't know, uh, some of these different things, avoidance. Um, we might want to ask, well, when, when did you start noticing that that was coming up or that you were experiencing that? And then we're listening for, you know, maybe some original events that took place that, again, might have somebody to forgive involved in them that might have some a reaction that was more or less willed, uh, we don't want to start blaming people for things, the the key of repentance is not about blaming people, but there is a place for taking responsibility. Um, was talking to somebody who has, uh, has had a lot of difficulty with his mother, and he could recognize on the one hand, she has a lot of issues, he's a grown man now, um, but he also said, and at some point I wrote her off, you know, and he said, and I have to take responsibility for that, I thought, well, good for you. You know that's uh, that's an important thing. It's important to forgive her, but also important to realize there was a point at which I made a decision. I wrote her off, <laughs> and now I need to I need to repent of that decision and and renounce some of the lies. I mean, she said some very hurtful things to him, and and there may have been a time that it was important to separate. It's not that we keep ourselves in abusive relationships by any means. Nobody's encouraging that, but it's different to say, I can't be part of this relationship than to say, this is a terrible person I hate and will never have anything to do with. Those are very different things. So anyway, when we listen in Unbound, we're listening according to the five keys. We're not counselors. We're uh, not uh, pastoral counselors or psychologists or psychiatrists or anything else. And we have to be clear about that. But we can listen according to the five keys, acknowledge some of those uh, maybe hurtful experiences, some of those patterns, some of the the sins that they came out, and then we give people a chance to apply the gospel to their lives and ask for God to really step into those places in their heart.
0: Well, you know, uh, some you brought something up about um, his difficult relationship with his mother. Uh, I learned something really enlightening um, from Neil that uh, you know a lot of times children who have had difficult relationships will say to themselves I will never be like my mother my father I will never do this or whatever and I uh, I don't even remember maybe in the blue ministering book you know advanced training book there it was something that he said that just really struck me that um, when we deny our parents we're actually denying a part of ourselves and that is um kind of like taking a vow that is uh could be a bondage and i I think that's something that you know i never thought of before and um it just i thought of that when you were speaking
1: yeah I, i talked to a woman at one point who had grown up in a divorced family uh with her mother and She had made that kind of vow, like you were saying, I will never get divorced like my mother. And of course, you know, good, that's, we might be our first thought. Well, good, you know, who, who, you you experienced the difficulty of divorce and you don't want that. But what that, how that ended up playing out in her life was that she sabotaged one relationship after another, because I'll never get divorced turned into, I'll never get married. and. It wasn't until she could sort of see the power, the force of that vow, how that was driving her beyond what was reasonable to a place that she was more protective than she had to be. So forgiving her mother for the divorce and the pain that she suffered, renouncing the vow that was there, uh, and then uh, repenting maybe of any ways that she had kind of blocked her mother or, you know, kind of hated her mother in her heart or things like that. Um, really opened her up to, uh, to get married, and she has a beautiful marriage now. But yeah, those are the kinds of things we have to be careful about. Having had difficult experiences, again, we want to separate ourselves from the experiences, but we can sort of overdo it with that kind of vow.
0: Right, because, you know, as a parent, you parent what you know. And if you said, like with me, I said, I will never be like my mother, And then I found myself looking back at some of the things I said or did. And I did things like my mother. (laughs) It was very difficult for me to deal with. You know, that sent me into a a whole, Mm. you know, guilt, shame thing that I needed to be delivered from. That, you know, I just couldn't believe that I should have known better because I said I wasn't going to do this. And here I did this, you know. So, I mean, yeah, it can be just these little common things can really be a source of um, great suffering in your life, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's a, a great aspect of the Unbound ministry is helping people to see that, first of all. I think those kinds of things can really emerge in the dialogue. And um, again, as an Unbound ministry, we... we we do not give advice, so it's not part of Unbound to give advice, but we can help to identify some of those, those patterns, those areas where we um, really decided, made a vow like that, and, and a vow is always built on a lie to some extent, you know, it's kind of the lie, everything my mother did was bad, therefore I will never be like my mother, well that's not the truth, and that's not a that's not a clear vision, now again, we don't that's not a rationally analyzed decision either that's a that's an emotional reaction and and that's where the enemy you know there's a psychological emotional dimension to that but then the enemy plays with that and and adds some uh some some energy to those things and and manipulates them and and gets us just like the the serpent in the garden is it true that you can't eat of any of the trees in the garden and eve reacts no we can't eat of this one tree or even touch it. (laughs) And, and we see that the way that the enemy just, he he rattles us into going a step farther into losing our connection with the Lord. Yeah. It gets twisted. It gets twisted. That's right. And so uh, in Unbound, that's one of the beautiful dimensions of it is we can just lovingly open that up and say, well, let's, let's see what was there. Wow. You, you know, there's really a difficult relationship with your mother and what are some of the ways that she hurt you? And it's one of the things I love about the forgiveness dimension of Unbound is being really specific about that. A, a lot of people, I'll hear, oh yeah, I forgave my mother. Well, you forgave her for what? I just forgave her. <laughs> oh well, hmm, maybe you forgave her for something. But I kind of wonder. That's what I'm thinking. I don't say those things, you know. I just, I'm just thinking that. And then I say, well, let's talk about some of the ways, you know, that you had to forgive her and. And to be specific about that, or, or as, as it comes up in the conversation, what are the ways that she wasn't, you know, the mother that you needed her to be? I love that line that Neil uses, and I, I've taken that up in many Unbound sessions. In the name of Jesus, I forgive my mother for not being the mother I needed her to be, in this particular situation even. Maybe she was often the mother I needed, but in this situation, I needed her to protect me, to speak truth to me. I needed her whatever to be present to me emotionally present she was suffering from the loss of her own mother she couldn't do that but I forgive her for not being present the way I needed her to be and then I can let that go it hurt me you know and there's a recognition of that it's not that she's bad or that I'm blaming her but what she did even when it was her best left me hurting and I'm going to let go of that now in a very you know specific way so being specific about those things is really helpful. And again, that's where our listening, you know, we want to we listen in a way that we can help people be specific in their forgiveness and specific in their repentance and specific in their renunciation.
0: Yeah, Very good. Yeah, um, I was thinking uh, along the lines of, uh, of some people I know <laughs> that... When you talk to them, even in a general conversation, if you can get a word in edgewise, I have a friend who's They're
1: like, talkers, huh? Yeah,
0: there's not a breath. I don't know how they, their lungs have this capacity. But, you know, <laughs> talk and talk and talk and talk and don't... You can't even find a spot to, to speak. And um, if you do get a word in edgewise, you could see on their faces that they're not literally listening to you, They're formulating what they're going to say next. And, you know, that's just very curious to me. I mean, what causes that? Um, Can that be, is that just a part of their personality? Is that something that can be improved with listening skills? Um, Any comment?
1: Well, and um, you have to hear their story. You know, again, if I can refer to the unbound model. And, and there's always a temptation, especially as we see the power of it and, and how helpful it can be for, uh, for providing some healing and freedom for people, that we start to diagnose everybody, uh, maybe at a distance, you know, and, oh, we, this person needs some of that, and this person needs some. Um, but yeah, we, it would be, it'd be interesting to see. Some people some people do a lot of talking because there's some anxiety there. There's some insecurity there. And they found that the best defense is a good offense, you know. <laughs> um, some people do a lot of talking. Uh, just, you know, there's a, a degree of extroversion. They're trying to sort their thoughts out, and they can't do that until it's outside of their heads. Um, some people are maybe more invested in their positions. They're not really interested in what you have to say. There's, um, But anyway, it's an interesting... Uh, I, it's, yeah, cer- certainly an interesting uh, observation and, and something that might come up in Unbound. It wouldn't be the kind of thing that we would want to necessarily, we have to be very gentle about pointing that out, but somebody might come in Unbound saying, you know, my my wife complains that I just talk a lot and I never listen to her. Oh, well, uh, tell me more about that. You know, when did that start in your life? Have you always been a talker? Have you, did you always struggle listening? Have you ever had that criticism before where... You know where do you where do you see that that happening? And we might find that it goes back to a place that uh, if they didn't talk, they would be punished, or if they didn't talk, somebody talked about them, or they found that they felt out of control. And when they talked, you know, anyway, we might might see where some of the origins are in that in that behavior. But we have to let people tell their story, and then we can look with them to see where the origins of uh, some of those things are that are causing problems in their life. Again, we don't point that out to them because really in Unbound, we're we're looking to see what God wants to do. And one of the ways we recognize that is because someone is dealing with it, ready to bring it up. And so God is also giving the grace to help them work on it. We're not digging so much as receiving what the person is ready to bring.
0: Well, I was thinking, you know, in terms of, i mean some people are like that to extremes but um in terms of how some people are formulating their answers before you know or formulating thoughts instead of listening and i think people who tend to do that would definitely not want to be a leader in unbound or like could that be fixed
1: or improved you know
0: I just wondered, you know, what your thoughts are about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You make a good point. Yeah. Certainly we have to be in a place and we are doing thinking while we're listening and unbound, because again, we're listening for the keys in particular and we want to kind of formulate what's happening in our heads, but, but we have to really be listening. We don't want to make our thoughts primary or what we're writing primary. The person is primary. We always have to keep the person primary. And if a person doesn't really have the capacity. Not everybody has the capacity for lengthy periods of listening. I mean, I think that just we're wired differently. I, I don't have the capacity to be a professional basketball player, you know. Uh, and we don't have the capacity to do everything. And, and there might be a point that uh, that's just not something I can do very well, is, is have that kind of extended listening and really get out of myself enough to let the person present themselves to me. And yeah, so that may not be, uh, that may be a person that just can't grow, you know, it's not something they're going to get over uh, and is, is going to be limiting to them being an unbound leader. Um, probably they figured that out as an intercessor. They probably had a pretty hard time being an intercessor and saying nothing if that kind of, if they had that kind of personality, maybe fell asleep or something as an intercessor. <laughs> so can't only keep themselves awake by talking or something i don 't know but um, but again some sometimes that uh, talking that kind of nervous talking or um, you know needing to be right so much that they're constantly thinking about what they 're going to say next, or anyway, that might be connected to some things that that are you know there's some wounds there and that they can find some freedom from, and so yeah that's also a possibility but but they wouldn't start out as a leader, that's for sure. We'd have to certainly work on that and see, see how it goes. Yeah,
0: that's good. Well, um, is there anything else? I'm uh, thinking a little bit about some patterns, you know, that are, you know, I think sometimes that people, leaders might hear keywords. And um, maybe the interpretation of that keyword isn't really what the person is saying. You know what i'm trying to say you know whether um somebody hears i know in my first prayer experience um there was a little bit of ouija board in my childhood with my cousin and the person that was praying for me the leader she must have been pretty new and she focused in on that i had dealt with that long before that was not the issue that i was bringing to her but she really focused it on that. She felt that was the problem. That was the issue. And that's where she ministered. And it left me feeling a little empty.
1: Mm. That's a great example. Yeah. Thanks for, for bringing that up. Uh, and, and some patterns like that. And, uh, as you mentioned, sort of, as I said, listening for the five keys could be misapplied to only trying to hear certain keywords as you said, the Ouija board, in your case, because you'd already dealt with that, that should have been a question at some point in the in the interview was, have you dealt with that situation with the Ouija board? Have you renounced the spirits that came from that? Because it's also very clear about, on the one hand, you can't sort of over-renounce. I mean, you know, if you renounce something that's already gone, well, that's, you know, we don't have to worry about that. But on the other hand, if we give people a sense that maybe you didn't renounce it enough or you didn't renounce it right, we can sow seeds of doubt in people's minds as well. And we don't want to do that. So if you already dealt with it and you feel confident about that, I'm not going to push you and say, well, we need to do that again. You know, uh, let's, it's fine. We want to leave things. And, and as I was saying, people might say they've forgiven. I'm not going to, you know, if they're confident about that, I'm not going to push on that beyond just seeing, are there some specific areas? Can we forgive in some specific ways? But at the end of the day, they say, no, no, really, I'm totally a piece of that. It's not an issue for me. Okay, I'm not going to push on that. Um, I I want to build up the confidence of the person I'm praying with. I don't want to undermine it. I want to give them the tools that they feel confidence in their Christian authority, that they feel confidence in their healing process and their relationships. I don't want to undermine that and tell them that I know better than they do. You know, if there's already confidence, I want to work with that. Yeah, so person,
0: um, you know, and I told her that. I said, no, that's, that's really not the issue at this point. You know, it was just a question on the questionnaire that I had filled out uh, before I was ministered to. And um, she said, no, no, I think this is, this is it. And uh, we had a limited amount of time. Uh, that was an issue, too. But um, it was like 20 minutes and uh she just focused on that one area um and since i had driven to philadelphia to be minister to <laughs> it was kind of difficult um mm. you know being the fact that i had read the book and i had uh looked at unbound it didn't really dissuade me mm. because i really believe in the keys i believe in the process it's just that i happen to have not a great experience for my first prayer and i just went to more
1: conferences. (laughs) Yeah, uh, good for you for persevering. Well, maybe we can continue on in in another podcast.
0: Okay, well, Father, thank you uh, once again for sharing your time, wisdom, and experience with us today. I think you brought out some great insights, and hopefully Unbound prayer leaders will benefit from this podcast, and uh, you could learn more about Unbound at partofthefather.com. Thank you to everybody who listened, and Father, I'll ask you to bless
1: us. Heavenly Father, I ask you to pour your grace into all of uh, the hearts of our listeners. Help them to find, to receive the freedom that you have provided for us, that Christ has won for us on the cross. And through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Terry.
0: And until next time, never forget that the Father loves you and you're precious in his eyes, so stay free in Christ.
1: Amen.